All right, we're rolling part two. So I had Seth on yesterday and Seth had internet difficulties about an hour and a half in. Yes, I am. And then he cut out and then I tried to send him another link and he, I couldn't get him back. Oh, shit, yeah. And then me and James were kind of worn out. James was like almost having like a hypoglycemic attack. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, just go eat, dude. So he took off. Hi, how are you? Oh, good, how are you? Good. Um, so James, I'm like, you go eat. We'll just do a part two tomorrow. So James is supposed to be back today, but you know, he's in prep. So I don't know if he's going to show up or not. So maybe Melissa will fill in for James and I'll try. I have no idea what this is even about. Neither it's do a, I. It's literally, a, it's literally about nothing. It's like yeah. bodybuilding and bollocks. Yeah. So. Bullshit, right? Yeah, kind of. Sure. Yeah. Bollocks is balls. balls. Yeah. Oh, balls. Bollocks. It's like British like balls. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So. I'm going to skip. James is doing the British, right? Yeah. He's yeah. just throwing his hat in to get next year's qual or what? I think it has something to do with Luke. I, I don't think he's actually said anything, but because they're, because they're like, it's kind of, it's kind of like they're making the tribute, the tribute, it's a tribute to Luke. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think it's, plus he's on home soil. I think it's probably fun I for mean, him, right? Luke's already in shape. You might as well. Like shit. I also don't think he's going to be able to fly over to the Olympia. So he's like, maybe he's thinking it's just like, another show before he wraps it up oh, sad. That's like yeah. yeah yeah i don't know for sure yet but i th- i think he's having trouble so yeah the uk is pretty tight right now so yeah so today i wanted to skip all the chat and just get into the questions but before i do i've noticed you've been going in hard on some people <laughs> is this logan <laughs> <laughs> well somebody sent me uh somebody sent me a, a link yeah, yeah. To the buys and tries commentary. Yeah, or, buys and tries reposted it, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And oh, you're like... <laughs> yeah, he screenshot it and did it in three swipe throughs and be just like tearing apart Logan. Yeah. What is it I with you? I saw it and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Are you one of these people that like gets into it and then regrets it later or you don't give a fuck? Uh, with per- people like that, I don't give a fuck. Like sometimes I'll say stuff to, to people that I don't really know and I get like wound, wound up and I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like stuff like that, it was kind of like 50-50 in jest and like not. So I didn't really feel bad about it at all. I mean, you come poking, like, that's like me going on onto Brandon Curry's page and being like, yeah. hey, hey, your back sucks. Like, yeah. do you know how stupid that fucking looks? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, look, if, if he had been in last year's top six or top eight even, um, I mean, fucking shoot for the stars. But I mean, he hasn't even been to the Olympian Classic. Yeah. Um, and you're shooting at the guy who is the two-time second place and and now defending champion. I mean, you look, you look ridiculous. You Does know? it bother you more because it's your brother-in-law or does it just bother you by principle alone? Uh, it doesn't bother me per se. It, I just found it comical. And then, you know, when someone's head's so inflated, like I think Logan's in, I just want to fucking throw it back. Well, uh, let me rephrase. Do you feel like you have to protect him more because it's oh, your brother-in-law? No. no, Chris can protect himself. I mean, I don't worry about that. I just, I honestly have fun with it. I mean, you know, and I knew that it was on Chris's page and that if I got the ball rolling, Chris's million fans would just chime in too and just destroy it, you know? So yeah. I was like, this would be fun. So and I just threw a couple and then he tried to come back at me. So I was like, all right. So I just kept going, you know? In Logan's defense, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't know who Logan was if he wasn't talking shit. Well, this is what I said to Chris. I'm like, look, man, let's be serious. He's just trying to use your platform yeah. to advance his position, which I mean, great on him. But I mean, coming at it like that, I think was the wrong way to do it. I mean, if you'd come in with, you know, something a little slighter chirps or just said like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, something like we'll see at the Olympia with a winky face or like something that's not quite a direct, like derogatory thing to Chris. I think you would have got maybe a better response from it. But when you could just come and insult him on his picture, you know, 
Uh, but I think, but also, it's not really, people weren't very clear, like, is this joking or not? Because Logan well, and Chris don't have a history of being friends. So then it's like, forgive me if I'm wrong, but there was something else before this. Yeah. Well, there's, there's been a few comments I've seen yeah, go yeah, back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, if it, if it was something, you know, someone that people knew he was friends with, I don't think it would have got, but people didn't really know. So then people just kind of jumped on it. So I was like, yeah, this is fun. So I went with it. I think it's smart on his part. Yeah, I mean, being, it is for sure. I mean, I'm yeah. being like, if he can handle the backlash. The only thing I look at this is, is now he's created a very high precedent for himself. Oh, yeah. If he goes up to the Olympia and he's not up in the yeah. mix, you look yeah. like a fool, you know? Yeah, yeah. But so, that's I mean, what... Look, but, if, you're, if you're 100% confident that you're that good, fucking give her. If, if you have any doubt in your mind, you got to be real careful or you're going to be in for an embarrassment, you know? Do you watch fighting, Ian? Do you watch UFC? Yeah, bit, yeah. You know who Colby Covington is? Yeah. So Colby Covington was on like his third fight or whatever. He was on his way out of the UFC or whatever. They're gonna cut his, they were going to cut his contract. Yeah. He starts running his mouth about all the top guys. He starts saying like racist shit, derogatory shit, like just the worst shit you can think of. Yeah. Two years later, he's fighting for the title. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's the same. It's, 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 it's like a direct parallel, right? Like I wouldn't know who Logan Franklin is. Yeah. He wasn't talking shit to Chris. No, it's that old saying, like, no press is bad press kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all press, you know? But, but you're right. It does put, like, a ton of pressure on him because he looks like an yeah. asshole if he, does, <laughs> if he doesn't place. Yeah, no. If you come in, you're, like, third call out. I mean, you just look like a donkey, you know? So, uh, yeah. but if he's 100%, you know, sure he can perform, well, then prove it on stage. And, you know, I'll, I'll happily go on there and be like, hey, man, you know, you proved us all yeah. wrong. So. so that's one guy I saw you tearing apart. The other guy, I, I keep hearing this shit about you and Rami going on about Rami and his invite. And like, it's really like coming out of you big time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was just because RX Muscle had done a post about it. Yeah. Um, and this was like hours before he had got the invite. So I just threw up a joking comment, like all in caps, like invites for everybody, you know, like just kind of being <laughs> facetious, you know. Um, and then obviously, you know, RX Muscles platform gets way out of control sometimes, yeah, especially yeah. with the negativity. So it just like spiraled, but it like, it was pretty, I'd say 60, 40 in favor, like supporting me. Um, and then there was a couple people that were like very in favor of Randy. And look, this is, I've, I've I, seen 50, 50, I've seen like a 50, 50. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, this is just my opinion. I mean, they gave him the invite. I'm happy they gave me the invite. I have no ill feelings about it. I mean, I think Rami is an elite, elite bodybuilder, far better than myself. Um, you know, but I was just giving my opinion. I mean, I think that's what the point of it was. And that's why RX wanted me on there to, to voice my opinion, have that debate. And I think I gave some good points um, to my side. I completely understand, see the other side of the argument. Absolutely. And I'm, like I said, I'm not upset whatsoever that Rami did get the invite. Yeah. You know, Seth brought, a, uh, Seth brought up a good point yesterday and that we were kind of, we kind of alluded, we kind of uh, added to it, but um, one thing nobody's talking about is the fact that it's COVID the, the whole pandemic thing is crushed the IFBB financially. Yeah. So like the Olympia is putting out all this money for like venue for athletes, for flights and hotels and blah, 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 blah. Yep. They don't have like between, they usually get between five and 10,000 people to come to the show. Mm -hmm. So you got to think they're losing $10,000, 10,000 people's oh, worth of audience ticket sales. Yeah. So it's like, if they can add a Rami, who has a million fans and, and even a, a quarter of those people buy the live stream or even 10% of those people buy the live stream, they make back a little bit of their money. Yeah. I mean, this so, is the first points I made on that thread as well as when I went on ROX is like, look, if I was a show promoter, I completely agree with the decision. You yeah. know, if I was, uh, 
you know, in the, in the shoes of, of doing this, I mean, you know, from a business standpoint, I completely agree with it. I mean, he's going to bring, you know, that Asian, you know, Middle Eastern bodybuilding market is gigantic. I mean, Hottie and, and uh, Randy basically rule that market, which is like you said, millions of people. Yeah. And even if 5%, 2% chime in, you're talking hundreds of thousands of pay-per-view revenue, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I completely understand the decision. My point of view was just coming at it from um, like a logistical standpoint of like the qualification system and keeping it fair for everybody and not giving special treatment to people. Um, you know, in circumstances like this. And I, I think the solution I had was very, very fair um, to everybody was just to open it up to say the top five or top six in points, which would have included Rami anyways. Yeah. So if they, if they had done this, they could have looked like they were being completely impartial. They could have said, Hey, you know, we're going to open it up to top five. It wouldn't have looked like they were giving special treatment to Rami. Someone like on wind who has been, you know, going through this season show after show and that has earned his spot just as much as Randy has would mm -hmm. also get that invitation um, and it looks completely fair in that aspect. I mean, I think that would have been a very, very easy solution and the easier solution to this so that you're not paying for more people to go to the Olympia is if they've had foresight would have been to make Spain just the winner yeah, and then done and invited two more people and been top five instead of top three in points. And you end up with the exact same amount of people at the Olympia, but it's either the points leaders. So people that have done multiple shows like on versus no offense to Lucas or Raphael had zero points at the time going into that show. Yeah. So someone like on, in my opinion, with nine points, um, earn that spot in more in their opinion to me. Um, and then you also get Rami in there as well. So, I mean, it's completely fair. And then you also keep like the win and you're in versus like an invitational kind of thing. So like yeah, yeah. third place isn't qualifying you. So I thought that would have been a very, very easy solution. I think if they just opened the show up to be like the Arnold's where it's qualification plus, it's, yeah, but I think, also, I think, it's also invitational. Like if they want to invite somebody every, like one, every year they get one special invite or two special invites and everybody knows it that way. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I think they're, they want to keep that differentiation between them and the Arnold though. Once you start to go into that invitational thing, you're, you're diluting your show more like the Arnold. No, 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 but they are. I'm, I'm, no, but they are. I'm still saying you still have to win. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, but, but they reserve, as but, well. but they reserve the right to, to invite. I mean, they reserve the right anyway. If you look in the rule book, it, it yeah, says. Yeah, no, like, I know. We discussed that on it. Yeah. And Milo said so, that, which I, I, yeah, I mean, if it's in the real book, that's sure, that's great. I mean, I'm, yeah. obviously, in my opinion, the rules should be changed. Yeah. Um, you know, and the point I made there is I think that for special invites, they should only extend them to people that are not currently active in the sport. So, like, yeah. when you do, like, the Kevins or the Flexes or something like this, sure. I mean, I'm all for it. Okay, what, what, one second. I just have one question, and I know you're probably not going to be able to answer it honestly because you're not there, but let's assume you're top three in the world, mm -hmm. right? Let's say you're top three in the world for a couple of years. Sure. And then you miss out on the thing. Does Ian get a special invite or you're like, fuck no, not even for me. I, not I personally wouldn't take it because I think that the one you're said- liar. Pardon? You're, you're, you're a liar. <laughs> I don't know because Ian has spoken about not even going to the Olympia if he qualifies on points. I've said I've said that before too, but yeah. what I'm saying is, if you've reached that top echelon of bodybuilding, and then something happened, like let's say, let's say there was a show and Melissa was having a baby the same day as the show, and you're like, I can't be there. I got to be with Melissa. I can't make the show, and they're like, I would well, go to the show anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you would tell me to too. Whatever. I mean, okay. Well, whatever the situation. I completely understand where you're coming from. One, Randy was sixth in the 2018 Olympia. He wasn't third. He didn't compete in 2019 uh, at the Olympia. And he also kind of vetoed for a special invite that year. So to me, it's like boy who cried wolf. Um, I mean, I, 
I think Randy is a top tier bodybuilder. And I look, I don't think that the fault is on him at all. I mean, I think he did everything in his power to try and qualify for the Olympia. He had some unfortunate circumstances. It was the Olympia and the IFBB that extended the invitation. My only thing is, and my only point on this is, I think they should change the rules. Simple. Or they could have just done, like I said, made it top five in points, and it would have been completely fair for everybody. You just said something really important. Remember when you won New York and the judges, people were freaking out, and we were like, hey, the judges placed me. I didn't place myself, Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of the same thing. Absolutely. Everyone's everyone's shitting on Rami, and it's like – it's not his fault. No, and, I, and this is why I said I have no issue with Rami being invited at the end of the day because I know it's not Rami's. Rami wasn't like Rami did. It's not like he did zero shows and then September came and he's like, oh, give me an invite, you know, which kind of was the deal last year. Um, you know, so look, I, I think in this case, I, I don't have an issue with it from Rami's standpoint. And if I was Rami, would I take it? I mean, like the only thing is, you're talking about someone like Rami, who's already probably one of the highest pressure competitors on the Olympia stage. You know, you're talking like him and Phil are probably like one and two this year when it comes to people with pressure on them. If you're Rami now and you get a special invite, like Cedric last year, I mean, he showed, got a special invite, showed up very subpar. It looks terrible on you. Um, so, I mean, I think from Rami, look like, yeah, obviously, you know, you should thrive under that pressure and you should want to show up and exceed the expectations. Um, but I think you should also have put, you know, had that qualification yourself and then that relieves that pressure right yeah yeah all right well you did a whole thing on rx about this so we're not and i've I've done three shows now about this so yeah i i think i'm just getting soft in my old age because i'm like fuck it give me the fucking pass and i'm and i don't and i I don't think it's because i don't compete anymore because even back then like when i was competing i don't think it would have bothered me because in my mind i feel like it's like it's kind of like when you do a show you know where people are going to place Mm-hmm. right you said you said yourself on previous shows we do breakdowns we kind of have an idea where people are right and i feel like rami has earned his status in the sport as a top six olympian so to me i'm not upset i'm like you know what he's earned that place it's not like some guy who's never competed before but he has a million followers and they're like yeah 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 bring him in he's got a lot of followers he's earned his place in that and and i know it's you know he should still have to qualify and all that but i, I he just i feel like he belongs there Look, I don't dispute he's belonged there, but in my opinion, he hasn't earned his place. He placed outside of the top five in 2018. That doesn't give you a requalification, and he didn't compete in 2019. He also didn't win the Arnold this year. If he'd won the Arnold, well, he would have been in, but he was third. What I'm asking you, what I'm asking. What you did in 2016 is irrelevant. You need to prove that you're still good now, good enough now to qualify for the Olympian. He didn't prove that this year. What I'm asking you right now, today, is Rami (laughs) – Don't say, I don't fucking know, because I know you'd be lying. Is is Rami a top six bodybuilder in the world? Uh, Potentially, absolutely. But, I mean, he also is potentially not. I mean, so it's... There's no way. You don't see him outside the top six at the Olympia. If we did an Olympia breakdown right now... He played sixth place last time. Yeah, six. I'm saying outside the top six. In a weaker Olympia. Yeah. You know, if you had flex in there this year, I mean, talking about Rami in the top six could be very questionable. You know, because, I mean, Phil beats him, Brandon beats him, Hottie beats him, in my opinion. Dexter, it's close. You know, you have Roley, you have Bonac. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not a guaranteed. Is he a top six guy? Absolutely, potentially. You know, just as much as anybody in that group other than Phil and Brandon. 
Um, you know, th- those guys are definite top sixes, you know, so it, potentially, absolutely. But is yeah. he a shoe in top six? Fuck no. Yeah. You know, I guess, he, I, he guess I, re- I guess I could, I guess I could, I guess I could rephrase the question and say, is he a top tier bodybuilder? Well, absolutely. I mean, I said that right off the bat. I mean, Randy yeah. is one of the best bodybuilders on the planet. There's no doubt about that. So that's but why, but there's that's, a qualification system in place yeah. for a reason, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna drop it because me and Ben, me and Ben did this on Wednesday for like. Look, and for everyone listening to this, I have no issue with Randy coming to the show because I think it bumps me down a spot. I, yeah. I it doesn't bother me whatsoever. I mean, yeah. I, I want Randy to be there, and look, I want the Olympia should be competing against the best, and I, I revel in every opportunity I have to compete against guys like Randy. Yeah. Um, you know, I never take that for granted, and if it bumps me down one spot, which it certainly will, I mean, I'm not upset about that in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I'm just going, looking at this from an athlete advocate standpoint, Yeah. you know, if you're, if I was the athlete's advocate or, you know, whatever, representing the athletes, I think it'd be most fair that there's other ways that they could have handled this, like the top five or, you know, extending, changing it around to make it kind of more fair for everybody, uh, make Spain just the winner and then do top five instead. You wouldn't have the same guys. I mean, there's just better ways they could have handled it in my opinion, um, without kind of showing elite favoritism in, in my mind, which is, Look, but from a business standpoint, like I said, I completely understand the decision. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not upset about it. You know, I just voice my opinion. That's really all it is. All right. Well, let's, let's move on from that. (laughs) We're going to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's get some questions because there's 340 and I want to try and get through at least 10. Yeah. Um, This one was interesting. I, I, (laughs) the very first one is what is the correct way to place your junk in your posing trunks? Is there, is there a correct way you just like get it in there? I mean, no, but like, cause I've done both. Like put, you point it down or do you point it up? Oh, down for sure. <laughs> you, you've done it up. Yes. That not feel weird as fuck. That's like pulling a tuck, you know? Listen, I gotta be honest when I'm dehydrated as fuck. It's, it's not that big. No, of course not. It's like, it's tiny. But like, why wouldn't you just leave it down then? I don't know. It was just felt comfortable. I just pointed it up. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, Whatever feels comfortable, I guess, is the answer. Do you, to ever, that. Do you ever think about how it looks? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes when you're on stage, you'll, you know, hit a couple poses and you like look down to like adjust your suit and stuff and you're like, shit, yeah. am I popping out here? Like, you know, something funny going on here. But, <laughs> but um, do you ever, do you ever, have you ever thought to yourself, has this thought ever crossed your mind? It, I need to make it look a little better. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> you know there are people that watch the show and they do pay yeah, attention. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I obviously when I put my suit on, I try and like, you know, maneuver things so that everything looks and fits the best. Of course, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna like pull it tuck between my legs and make it look like an empty sack. There, I mean, I'm gonna try and like <laughs> make it look good. You know, that's why I pointed up. See, that's what I'm talking about. I pointed up, so like, I didn't do it every show. It just that looks strange. Do you have a picture of this show? I want to see what this looks like. Let me see if I can find it. I don't think anybody wants to see that right now. Babe, but. That's weird, right? That balls, wow. No, not my balls. My balls. <laughs> yeah, in his posing suit. Like, you know when guys get like a boner and they do like the waistband tuck? He's po- pointing up that way. <laughs> He's asking her. That's, he says, she says that's weird. Yeah. The, the, what do you mean? Weird. What do you mean a long bald? What are you talking about? It's not that long. <laughs> now, now what I'm, now what I'm fucking. There's dehydrated. nothing long going on here. Now when I'm dehydrated, there's nothing going on there. Let me see. 
I think I might, I might have one. <laughs> oh, there's one. Okay, here we go. I'm interested to see now. I don't know. I don't know why you're interested. This is really fucking weird. But okay, so I didn't bring it up. This guy asked the question. Yeah, but you're the one that said you've done it. Well, I, I'm just being honest. You can't. So, you can't say it and then not. Sh- so that's like a up, kind okay, of. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's not that weird. <laughs> I mean, I think it would look more normal down though. I don't think I have a down. Yeah, I mean the suits are tight enough; it's gonna hold it down. No, but I don't. I don't think I've ever had it down. It kind of always just sits in that kind of like to the side there a bit. Yeah, it, it kind of hangs out there in a the little pocket. Yeah. 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 What a good question. What a good, I have no issues with that. What a good question. I've yeah. never even considered. Neither have I. Yeah. See, it just hangs out in that little pocket there. Yeah. I wonder. What, I wonder if you're wrong. Do you think you actually point yours down? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I know huh. for. I wonder, is it, that's weird. Like, I'm, I'm going down here. <laughs> Wait, I got to stop the chair so I can see that. Wait, let me see. Let me yeah, see. I'm, going, I'm going down. <laughs> okay. My show has reached a fucking new low. <laughs> We're showing fucking zoom in on, the, on our dick now. On the okay, okay, that's, Okay, we're gonna have to put an age restriction on this video on YouTube. So there's no. So basically, what we're saying is there's no correct way. No, it's like whatever looks and feels the best for you. I guess you know. I think this is going to be the new poll. You know how we do the spoon and fork debate? Yeah, we'll do this. Let's do this as a poll on Instagram. The guys are gonna. The guys are gonna. Let's. We got a new poll. If you, I guarantee, are, you, I guarantee you, it's gonna be like ninety percent saying down. Do you think so? Yeah, it'll be like eighty twenty. So you think I'm just fucking weird? Uh, I don't think you're weird, but I think you're in the small, very small subsect of the people that do that. Yeah. I don't oh. think it's weird per se. It's just not the norm. Do women have stuff like this? Babe, do you have anything weird like this? Like, do you guys like got to tuck things in weird or like, is there any weird suit tricks? That would be a problem if you had to clean this up. <laughs> 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 no, but I mean like anything. Like, is there like any weird suit stuff you got to do? Like, I know you guys do like the bikini bite and stuff. That's like about you, it. You, you have to. Stuff you'd expect, yeah. Yeah, just normal stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, now we know who the top five is at the Arnold. What? How do you place them? Sorry, who's, your, who, who's your top? Sorry, I read that wrong. Now that we know who's qualified for the Mister O, who? Uh, who's the top five? Uh, Phil first. Brandon second, Hottie third, Bonac fourth, Rami fifth. <laughs> is Hottie gonna is Hottie gonna get there? Yeah, he'll get there. And you have Hottie in fourth? Third. Third. And Bonac in fourth. Bonac fourth. And then yeah, I mean I guess you could have Roly Roly Rami fifth. I mean Dexter, I don't I have a hard time seeing Dexter in fifth at this point. I think he'll be sixth. Um, but yeah, I mean that's where I see it. That's a pretty good call out. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if um, if James goes, I wonder if he can challenge for that fifth spot. I'd like to see James next to Roley. What do you think James would look like next to Roley? I'm not sure. You think he, you think he compares yet? No. I, th- I think in the width, like shoulder-to-shoulder width, he's not quite as, as wide as Rammy is. Um, and not, back- not Rammy. Not Ram, not Ram, not uh, sorry, Roley. Roley. Yeah. Um, and then the back shots, he would still be a little weak in. I mean, he'd definitely be better conditioned. His legs, uh, would, his legs would be better. 
his legs would be better from a detail standpoint for sure. Well, and size. His, his legs are bigger if than Roland's. Legs. It, if you look at it shot by shot, I would give most muscular and side chest and probably abs and thighs to Roly. And the back shots. I don't know about that. Side chest, James's side chest is pretty nasty. James's side try is better for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to see him next to each other. That'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I think, I think Roly would win the back shots maybe. Yeah. He's just, if, he's if, if he's in shape. If, if he's in shape. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's a pretty good top five. I can go with that. Um, thoughts on the IFBB not allowing – this is a weird question, Skip. Um, Did you, is that the albino question? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck – I saw that. That can't be a real question. They well, answer like being in the rule book. I might as well read it now. Thoughts on IFBB not allowing albinos to compete in bodybuilding. I, I never heard that before. I've never heard that either. So that's why I'm skipping it. Um, Let's see. Thoughts on bodybuilders that smoke weed? Have you ever had? Have you ever? And are you against weed? And what's your opinion on it? I smoke weed every day. Do you really? Before bed, only at night. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I did that for a little while, just to cut, like had some back pain. I didn't want to take a bunch of Advil. Yeah. I actually started eating gummy bears just to kind of kill the pain, and I'd pass out. Yeah. No, I just like I'll do like usually before my like fifth or sixth meal and have my meal, and I eat it and two milliseconds and I relax on the couch for a bit and have my last meal go to bed. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Could you do it regularly? Like just sitting around? No, I can't do it during the day. Zero percent. If I have like, I couldn't leave the house high. There's no way. Yeah. Okay. We're the same then that way. I think it's only, Um, I know usually when Melissa's already gone to bed and I'm like the only person awake and I'm just like chilling, eating my food, like watching, you know, Netflix or whatever. Like I'd like to be in solitude for that. Usually. And she makes fun of me when I'm high too. So. Yes, it's better. Yeah, I can't handle that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're not against weed, and we don't think it's harmful to bodybuilding at all, so that's cool. Yeah, tons of guys do it. <laughs> um, if you started today, what's your advice on leaving a stable 9-to-5 job to start a career in fitness? Step-by-step, step, what would you do? Oh, that's a rough one. Well, I would say that you have to build some type of base before you leave yeah, your nine to five job. That's first. Even like a client base, depending on what you're doing. Well, like if you, like if you want to be a coach, you wouldn't just leave your job and then go be a coach. You'd build exactly. up your client base first. Yeah. You build up, you know, 10, 20, 30 clients before you leave. I always say, if you're going to leave your job, make sure you have the replacement income first. Yeah. Or, well, at, least, or at least, at least something close to it. When I first transitioned from like working normal jobs, like when I worked at Popeye's or then I worked at good life as a trainer for a little stint when I was young, Um, you know, I started taking some online clients while I was still working at good life. And when I had enough built up there, then I just left good life and just did my own thing. Yeah. That's kind of what I did. I was working at a bar as a man, I was managing a strip club (laughs) and, uh, I had some clients, I was doing some online coaching. I don't know. I had like 10 or 20 clients, but I didn't leave. I didn't quit working until I got my muscle tech contract. Cause that was like, a it was a, they paid well back then. So. Once that came in, I was like, okay, I don't have to work anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't bail. Make sure you have some type of replacement income first. Well, when I initially left my like real jobs, this is when I went and I was doing TNT with Tony Cyril, remember? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was a bad <laughs> idea. Yeah, that was a bad idea. But I mean, once, once I, I was smart, like once I could see it was going in a bad direction, I got out and I had like no losses whatsoever. Yeah. The only thing like, because we had money invested in the, the gym equipment, I just was like, hey, and all the clients were locked in contracts with that company, right? Yeah. So I was just like, release all my clients from contract. I don't want a penny. Just give me my clients and I'll leave. And they're like, okay. 
Oh, and then they keep the equipment. I guess that's, that's fair. Yeah, so like I, I don't care about the equipment. I mean, have yeah. it. I mean, the only thing that's worth any value to me is my clients. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I mean, whatever little bit of money I've invested in the equipment is fine. I mean, you know, they were expecting me to ask for like fucking $50,000 or something. So that when okay. I just asked for clients, it was like, great, you know? Hey, what's your system for coaching? Because I was talking to Ben about possibly starting to coach again. Mm-hmm. Do you have like, do your, do your clients have your phone number? I think we've discussed this before, but I can't remember. Yeah. Like how, how much contact do you have with your clients? Yeah, I have two phones. Yeah. That's what I thought. I have one that is only clients. It's the older, like the, this iPhone. Yeah. That's only my clients. And then the other one's like just my personal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but like, I, I don't take a ton of clients. Like I take at most, like absolute most 25. Yeah. Uh, you know, I usually flow in the like 15 to 18, 20 range. Um, and I just give them all my cell phone number and they text me and I just kind of like, I find it easier that way instead of like, at the end of the day or like, you know, on one day or whatever, sitting and doing like a bunch of emails, it's just like a constant flow of just like answering texts. It's easy. And yeah. then I feel like I did no work during the day. Cause like I answer texts anyways, I'm on my phone anyways, like looking at Instagram or whatever. Um, that's kind of, so that's kind of what I, I was kind of thinking that too, because I'm like, I'm always answering DMS and shit on Instagram yeah. and I'm like, and I have another phone too. That's just sitting around. I'm like, I should just activate it and put a different, yeah. different phone number on it. Yeah. And they can just, but I feel like, don't people take advantage? Like, don't they like text you all day fucking long? Uh, I mean, at first, yes. But I mean, I've, most of the clients I have now I've had for a pretty good duration. Yeah. And, like I've been able to kind of, you know, dwindle it down to the ones that I have a good rapport and good relationship with. And we kind of mesh from like a personality standpoint uh, and that aren't overly like, I don't want to use the word needy. Cause I mean, I understand people have questions and people, you know, have things they need to ask to, you know, do things correctly. And I'd rather people ask in most aspects. Yeah. Um, people that aren't just like badgering me with nonsense all day. I don't really have any of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause that's, that's my worry is I want people that want to work and I want people that want to get better, but I don't want people that just want to sign up just so they can be friends. Yeah. Like I yeah. want people to actually want to work. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm considering it. I don't, I think maybe that's the right way to do it is, is so you sit down at your computer and actually do work on diets and stuff like once a week. Once a week on Sundays and Saturday, Sunday, that's really it. Yeah. And like, honestly, I can bang through 20 clients and do program updates in two hours. Let me ask you this. I text, I text probably, you know, if you can, you know, combine all the time a day, say three to four hours a day, just random answer one message here and there, blah, blah, blah. Someone sends me a video, I say, you know, uh, shit like that. And then on Sundays, unless I have some, like I got a guy competing tomorrow um, you know, like obviously today he's texting me like every hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, for the most part, it's, it's, I, I prefer it that way. Cause it's just like a constant stream. It doesn't really feel like I'm doing any work. Yeah. Um, do you, let me ask you this. When you do a diet for people, when you do diets for people, everyone, you know, I've heard this comment before. Well, I don't like everybody gives a cookie cutter diet in my mind. I'm like, everybody starts with a cookie cutter diet, but it changes based on like yeah. your needs. This is the thing. I mean, like, if you had two guys that have similar goals, like say they're two 220 pound guys they are both trying to, you know, cut for a show and their starting point with similar body fat, they could be completely different people. You can give them the exact same diet. And after two weeks, the diets could be completely different. That's right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, people like can say this, like cookie cutter diet thing, but it's like a diet is just a starting. It's just a reference point. Yeah. You know, it's just for me to say, Hey, I gave you this food, which is a kind of a ballpark. What I think is right. And yeah. then based off the feedback in the two weeks, I can adjust accordingly. You know, for one person at two weeks, they might lose zero pounds. They might lose 10 pounds. They might, you know, something weird might happen. Your adjustments are accordingly based off the feedback. It's not, the initial starting point is pretty relevant in my mind. 
you know the thing i struggle with is i feel like people want like a new diet every week yeah this this is something i lay down the law hard with like especially with training programs because like look all uh, training programs is the one like people will text you every week like hey man can i get a new training program like blah 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 like you know like don't feel like i'm you know getting much out of this one anymore i'm like you've been doing it for a fucking week like you've done the cycle once you know until you get zero progress of this we're not switching it you know yeah yeah i I lay down the law hard on that one like but i that one I have no tolerance for. I just feel like I look at my own diet, like my own off season, my own, like when I, whenever I do my own off season, the fucking foods are the same all year, man. It's just like I increase or decrease, you know, or if I get bored of a food, I might switch it for a month or something. But like, but for the most part, it's the same shit all the time. And I feel like to do it, to do for off season plans. It's like, I'll just give people like the equivalents be like, you can have, numbers this carb this carb this carb so yeah. like 200 rice or 280 potato or 300 pasta or or you know yeah yeah um, and then they can just plug and play what they want you know for prep obviously uh, i'm usually a little more specific with that especially like you know pre and post workout nutrition having certain carbon protein sources i prefer obviously yeah uh, but i mean for the most part it's like it's negligible you know i just feel like people get frustrated because they're like uh, they it's like they think because they paid they expect, yeah, they want, they expect like a new thing every week. And I'm like, that's not how bodybuilding works. No. And it works. Like sometimes you might need to change twice, three times a week. Sometimes you might not need to change for three months. It's, it's very dependent on the progress. If you're progressing with a certain plan, you're stupid to change it. And if you're yeah. not progressing with a plan, you're stupid not to change it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's exactly, you go based completely off the feedback. That's the only way to do it. Changing things willy nilly is what just, it's just stupid. It's a waste of time. Okay. Sorry. I'm just, uh, my phone keeps shutting off. I want to fix it. Okay. So uh, what makes someone a bodybuilder? Do you have to compete to be considered a bodybuilder? I've answered this before. What do you think? I don't know. What was your answer the first time you answered it? My answer was if you live like a bodybuilder, you're a bodybuilder. If, you're, if, you, if your career is a bodybuilder, then you call yourself a competitive bodybuilder. Sure. That's a good answer. Yeah. Because I know guys who train just as hard as I do and yep. follow a strict diet and everything. They don't get paid for it. They do it for a hobby. But well, they, I mean, like, would, would we have not called Victor Richards a bodybuilder because he didn't compete? Exactly. That's what like, I'm saying. That's as much of a bodybuilder as anybody. Yeah. This guy was like in the gym like six hours a day. He was one of the best physiques at the time. He just didn't compete. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think your answer is correct. Yeah. Yeah, I would say you either got to call yourself a career bodybuilder, a competitive bodybuilder, a contracted bodybuilder, whatever the term. Right. But, yeah. Okay. That's good. Uh, what did you guys learn from the COVID pand- pandemic? What did it bring to you? Nothing. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would say at the beginning when I was obviously doing lots of home gym training, this is something I've stayed before and like posts and stuff. I, I learned a lot about, you know, getting back to like my grassroots of training and how little equipment you need to really be efficient and make progress in your training. You know, when I was training with like just a cable stack and a barbell, I mean, I was still able to prep for Tampa pro and yeah. New York pro and these kind of things doing out of a basement gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're used to having like the Movadis and all these fancy gyms with a billion pieces of equipment, yeah. Um, you know, it got me back to like doing my heavy barbell rows and deadlifts and stuff like that, that you might've like put on the back burner when you have a million fucking fancy machines. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's not really what COVID taught me. That's just like a circumstantial thing, you know? Did you have fun doing that? Cause I remember I had the same thing. I was using a studio, a friend's studio mm-hmm. and he had like just shit equipment, like not, you know, not like what we're used to. Yeah. yeah. But I kind of liked it. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I mean, I had very, I had, it was something nice about having very little variety. Yeah. It, it made the, the thinking about the workouts very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I didn't not enjoy it. I mean, there'd be points where, you know, like you're using the Smith machine uh, or like, you know, whatever machine you have or something 
Um, and you're trying to do like an incline bench and with four plates on it, like gets sticky and like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that it doesn't work quite as well as like as commercial yeah. equipment. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as a whole, I mean, it was perfectly fine. I mean, I had no issues with it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, if you could be any other pro athlete, what would it be? If you could be, it says, if you could be any other pro athlete, what would it be? So I don't know if he means person or what sport, but I'm going to assume he means sport sport but the way it's written it could be person too so let's go with both if you could play any other sport what sport would you play as a pro i mean i'd, I'd either want to be like an elite sprinter like usain bolt level sprinter or i'd want to be like a formula one driver i was just gonna say i want to be a race car driver yeah, being a formula one driver like being lewis hamilton that's pretty much yeah. as good as it gets does that count as a sport i think yeah. it does i think it's a serious sport isn't it? those guys go through hell for the fucking yeah, race they, man. They train, man that's like a, that's yeah. serious shit yeah We'd have to lose like 120 pounds. Oh, at least. <laughs> I mean, like I heard Lewis talking about this. Like, you almost want to be like jockey size to yeah. be a, a race car driver, you know? Yeah. And like the cockpits they put you in stuff and like how that you sit in it, you, you couldn't be a big guy and drive a no. race car. There's no way. Okay. If you could be any other athlete, who would you be? Well, I just answered that. If I'd be Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton? Probably. I mean, yeah. the guy's extremely good looking. He's like the best race car driver in the world by a humongous <laughs> margin. Like, I mean, he's with Mercedes, so he's getting fucking sick cars all the time. Ian, you better be careful, man. So far, you've mentioned that he, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton's a really good-looking guy. We're looking at dick pics at the beginning yeah. of the report, and we've established that you like stuff in your butt. So, I, mean, I, got, I got no shame. I got zero shame. <laughs> My hot wife in the other room, it makes me feel fine about it. Hey, there's a lot of gay guys that are married. Well, I'm, I, I, look, I'm, just, I'm so comfortable with my sexuality that it doesn't bother me even one bit to say that. I know, I know. I'm just fucking with you. Um, <laughs> if I could be any other athlete, I think I would be Michael Jordan. Really? Dude, when I watch that documentary, when I watch The Last Dance or whatever, I don't like, not to sound like an asshole, but I don't get inspired easily by like other pro, yeah. other, other pro athletes. Yeah. Michael Jordan inspires the fuck out of me. Yeah, I mean, I can absolutely see that. That, like, he's got, like, Michael Jordan is like Dorian Yates. Like, that yeah. work ethic is so yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, plus, I mean, he's a billionaire. Plus, he's fucking Michael Jordan. Like, think about it. Plus, he's good looking. <laughs> plus, he's good looking. <laughs> plus, he's good looking. Uh, okay. What is your weight goal now that you're trying to prioritize health? Uh, that, I don't know, because I have been told... I talked to Patrick Tour about this, your coach. And Patrick told me that he doesn't think that necessarily being heavy would mean I would be unhealthy. He said he's got a lot of healthy guys that are in their 250 to 300 range. So he's like, he, he, we're talking about working together and he thinks that he can keep me big and get me healthy at the same time. But my original plan was to actually get down to like 230, 220 and just because that's the traditional thinking for being healthy, right? Is to be smaller. Yeah. So I'm not sure which way I'm going to go right now. I'm just going to go whichever way. I mean, Jay's not small by any stretch. No, but, Jay, but, Jay's, natu but Jay's naturally a bigger guy. Like I'm not, big, I'm not yeah. yeah, I'm not like that. Like I'll shrink. I think, yeah, I think I'll shrink to 230, 240 relatively easily. Like, I don't think Jay could shrink anymore. I think he's just – that's his size, right? Yeah. You see that picture he posted? He actually looked – He looked good. I thought he looked fucking better. Yeah, he looks really good. His Him and Dennis James, from a physique standpoint, have held it together the best by far. Yeah, I agree with that. Dennis, Dennis James looks really good. Milos looks really good, too. 
Oh yeah, Milos looks insane. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much gear Milos does. <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy who doesn't give a fuck how old he is. He's gonna uh, keep, keep banging out, keep banging out gear, and not care. Yeah. <laughs> um, how much of a badass will Brandon look like if he wipes the floor in this year's Olympia after people said he should have an asterisk next to his name? That would be. Yeah. That would be incredible. Yeah, that looks. If you fucking beat Phil Heath after he takes a year off, a seven-time Mr. Olympia, if he takes a year off to be fresh, you look like a fucking superstar. Or will people say, "Ah, he beat it over the hill, Phil"? Depends what Phil looks like. If he I looks don't like think... 2018, then yeah, he'll get that response. If he looks like 2015, 14, something like that, then I mean, there's you can't really debate it. I mean, it depends how he looks. You're right, because I because I always revert back to. People are like, yeah, Jay beat Ronnie, but Jay beat Ronnie when Ronnie was on his way down. Yeah. So I just but very evident in Ronnie's physique. So it'll it'll really be it'll completely be dependent on what depends on how he looks like. Yeah. In my mind, I cannot wrap my head around Phil coming back if he wasn't like ninety nine point nine percent sure he was going to wipe the floor with everybody. You know. Or he's just getting some massive fucking payday from someone. You know. Well, no, but I think he thought he won in twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen. 2018. Yeah, I mean, and look, I was there. I mean, and honestly, I, I think he won too. But I mean, it's I, I think his physique would have to be significantly improved, especially from the midsection, for him to even debate it. Because if he comes back with the midsection, even looking 50 percent like it did, he's going to get just fucking annihilated online. Can I and tell I, you what? Is someone kind of like me that takes that stuff really to heart. Um, so I think he wouldn't compromise it. And I also know Chris got his hernia surgery done by the same guy that Phil did. I did too. Uh, you did too, the guy in Ohio? I got, it, I got it before all of them, yeah. Yeah. So Phil and Chris got it after, and when he talked to that surgeon there, they were saying that, like, Phil's mid, like, stomach was like a fucking train wreck, yeah. you know? He was like, you know, Phil basically just asked them to do whatever patch job they could that he could still get in train and get to the Olympia as, as best as possible. And the guy's like, this is not going to hold. There's no fucking chance, but, you know, yeah. this is what we can do. And I think now it's been properly repaired and in a lot better shape, so – I expect him to kind of look like a 2017, 2016 Phil. Um, you know, I think I think he'll look good. I mean, I, I don't. I have a hard time seeing him losing. This is what I think about the stomach. That's tricky. So, and I'm only sp- going to speak from personal experience. So, I don't know if Phil's going to experience this as well. But this is what I experienced. So, when I was getting ready for the show, I felt like my stomach was pretty good. It was a little bit wide, but it was like I'm like it feels like it's less distended. Yeah. And then as I started to lose weight, my stomach started to get really good. And people are like, man, you shrank your waist. Mm-hmm. But near the end of the prep, like it kind of went the other way. Like it went down, 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 down. And then around six Thank weeks, you. it started to do this a little bit. And yeah. it started to get wider again. And I'm like, hmm. is it the compounds? Is it the amount of food? So I'm like, you may think you may think your waist is okay. But then when you start doing all the stuff you have to do, maybe it comes yeah. back. So I, I don't know. I don't. Potentially, I mean, I've only seen I've only seen one person shrink their waist in all of my bodybuilding time, and that's Ben Pekulski. I don't see this as like his waist grew because it was a very acute thing, like one year. I think this was like a hernia, like significant. No, it wasn't though, because if you remember, the year before they had mentioned it as well. They mentioned it, but it wasn't like it was twenty percent of twenty eighteen. It was like you know a little bit there, but it wasn't. You know, obviously the injury had started, but it wasn't to the progression that it was in eighteen. Um, and I think if it's been relatively properly repaired, I don't think Phil's a guy with a big waist. I think that it is something that if it is repairable, will look better. It just depends how repairable it is. You know? if, it, if, it's, if it's injury and not age, then you're yeah. right. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of times it's age. Cause if I've never seen a 40 year old bodybuilder and have, I've never seen a 40 year old bodybuilder and have their waist be smaller than when they were 30. No, of course not. Right. Like even if you look at Dexter, you can see the difference, right? It's like, and he's got a small waist. So you can, but you can see there's always a little bit of growth through the years. So I don't know, but I do feel good for Brandon though. I'm really happy for him because I don't think he wants to win again without Phil there. I think he wants to beat Phil and erase that shit. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that he gets the opportunity. Um, how does one determine how good their genetics are? Oh, I, this is a question I get so much. And like, I get kids, like young kids that send me pictures of themselves and like, you know, progress videos and be like, Hey man, can you tell me like, do I have good genetics? Do I have potential in this sport? I'm like, you can't fucking tell, man. Like, if you look at pictures of, like, young Dorian Yates, he looks like a skinny fucking hooligan, you know? But then you can see guys like Bill Heath that are 16, and they look like fucking freaks of nature already. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, until you give yourself a really solid effort and put on significant amount of muscle, you have no fucking clue. Well, I will say this. If you look like a freak at 18, then you're probably made well, yeah. for the sport. But doesn't yeah, mean... Quitting a riot at 17, 18, then yeah, I mean, of course, you know. Yeah, I do want to show people since we're talking about it, and you brought up a good point. This is the best example I can show anybody of uh, you don't know what your genetics are until you actually do the work. Yeah. Look at Nick if, Walker. If this, if this kid sent me this picture of this physique on stage and said, Do I have good genetics? I, in my head, I'd be inclined to say no. Yeah. I wouldn't say that to someone because I wouldn't want to be like, no, and then they give up when they could end up looking like Nick Walker. So I would never give anyone an answer. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, I would certainly not think so. And then obviously look at that difference, you know? Yeah, I mean, this you, is why... You can, you can override a lot of, you know, genetic and physique shortcomings by adding a fucking shit ton of muscle and getting really peeled, you know? Yeah, but this is why I always tell people, you don't know how good your genetics are until you put the work in. That's the shitty yeah. thing about bodybuilding. It's kind of like... You just have to love it and want to do it because you love it because you're never going to know until you put the time in. You'll never know. No. So there's no way to tell because I'm sure Nick would look in the, like, I don't know if Nick ever looked in the mirror when he looked like this and thought, I'm going to be on, I'm going to be on the Olympia stage one day. You know what I mean? And this is the answer I give the kids. I'm like, well, do you love bodybuilding? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well then fucking bodybuild. I mean, you answered your own question. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it anyway. I don't know. Like I I like it, but I don't want to keep going. Like it's like, okay, well then you also answered your question. If you're like, I want to bodybuild. Like I love this. This is like my life then fucking do it. And it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah. But well, I mean, if you're unsure about it, well, then you answered your own question there as well. So it's funny because that's what my hashtag means. Like when I say sacrifice without regret, people are like, Oh, what does that mean? And I'm like, that's what it means. It means I'm doing it because I want to do it regardless of the outcome. Yeah. I'm not going to have any regrets later if I don't win or if I don't, whatever I'm doing it. Cause I sacrifice for this thing. Cause I love it yeah, rega yeah. regardless of where I end up. Yeah. That's well, good. So, okay. um, do you want to own a gym one day? And if so, how would it be different to the other ones in the area? Do you want to own a gym? It's funny you said that because me, Chris, and Melissa and Courtney and stuff have actually been discussing this a little bit. Like, not in, like, serious stages, but, I mean, kind of, like, looking around at, you know, properties and areas and stuff where we could potentially do it and kind of, you know, you know, looking at the logistics of it. Um, so, I mean, it's something that we've thought about doing. You just have to go in it with the, the mindset of, I'm probably not going to make money. This is because I like it and I want it for yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, if we can break even or, you know, make a little bit, that's great. But you just, it's one of those things that you just got to do it because you love it and because it's something that you're passionate about. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of where we're coming from, from it. You know, it's, um, you know, it's definitely in, in the brainstorming stage. That's something we are, we are pondering. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at a space actually that was perfect. I want, I want like a, I found a space of 7,000 square feet. 
which doesn't sound very big, but I don't want a big place. No. And I don't want a whole shit ton of, of cardio stuff. I want like four, four or five pieces of cardio equipment. And I just want it to be a gym, cement floors, like uh, Metroflex Long Beach. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen we, that gym. We went, what was the name of that gym again, babe? Uh, Fuck. Yeah, we were in, when we were in Tampa for New York Pro, this is the second time. Um, one of my clients, Brian, he is a member at this gym. It's like a 24-hour fob-in gym. It's called yeah. Optimum Fitness. It's in Tampa. It's like a fucking hole in the wall. Like, you couldn't even tell it's a gym. It's like tiny little sign in like a little strip mall with like fucking Chinese food and like a hair, like a nail yeah. salon, you know? Yeah. Um, but you go in and this place is fucking amazing, man. It's, it must be, how many square feet would you say that is? Four or 5,000? It's not huge by any stretch, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, just the guy, like, whoever ran this, I mean, just the vibe of it was amazing. He, like, obviously collected the equipment there from years, decades, you yeah. know I mean? He had yeah. some pieces that I've seen, like, one of in my 30 years of this, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there was some really cool pieces in there. It was just really nicely organized. Like, the vibe was great. It was one of the nicer places I've been to. It was a small place, but, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I don't want my gym to be clean. Is that – uh, when I say clean, I don't mean clean, clean like, hygiene. I, I mean, know. like – I don't want it to be gym sharky. Yeah, you want it to be you don't want it to be tidy and like, like I'm gonna show you I'm gonna show you my favorite gym right now. Uh, this is my favorite gym I've ever trained at. This is Metroflex Long Beach. Yeah. See the cement floors, the yeah. flag flags in the route, high ceilings. I gotta have high ceilings in my gym. Yeah. It's a, like a big deal to me. Yeah. You see, they got like deadlift platforms and shit. Yeah, like cool. this yeah. is this is you know the garage doors over here that swing open, but graffiti on the walls and shit. Yeah, yeah, it, it's obviously way bigger than eight thousand square feet. This would be like the ultimate dream. I'd have something this big, but mm -hmm. even if I could have a scaled down version of this, um, that would be pretty fucking badass. Like I love the I love the grunginess of it. Yeah, no, I like that. I don't want like a like a pretty. It's not quite as like dirty and grungy as like Metroflex, like the Texas one, but it's yeah. like not Jim Sharky clean. It's like a good hardcore feel. I kind of like that the equipment doesn't match. Yeah, I like I, I like I like that they have old equipment, new equipment. I like I don't know. I just that was that's like that Optimum place. Optimum place was a little cleaner and like had you know cool painted walls and stuff. Uh, but I mean, it was the same kind of feel, like you know, a mix of really good old pieces and some new pieces. Um, you know, whoever picked the pieces really obviously knows training and loves training. Um, you know, and you could, you could really feel that in the facility. That was someone like that was very yeah. passionate about like, you know, serious lifting, you know? I feel like there's more to a gym than just like nice paint and fucking like it has to have character and like yeah. a, a little bit of like soul yeah. to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've been looking around in Windsor. I want to do a hostile training facility. Yeah. Be cool. Just fucking put something good up. Uh, why do bodybuilders use knee wraps to protect their knees? Are you for or against knee wraps when squatting? I, I've honestly worn knee wraps one time in my entire life. I'm all for knee no. sleeves. I use knee sleeves semi-regularly. I have a good yeah. pair of the SVD like knee sleeves. Um, if my knees are feeling a little funky and I want to, you know, get into the heavy squats or something or hack squats, I'll toss them on. Uh, but I've honestly, yeah, probably worn actual wraps one, I think only one time in my life. What do you think the sleeves are actually doing? Because I wear knee sleeves every week and I love wearing them and they feel great. Is it just keeping my knee warm? Because it's not really compressing anything. It is. I mean, it's giving some ten tension to it for sure. By the, time I, by the time I slide it over my, and I don't have big calves by any means, but by the time I slide it over my calves and get up to my thigh, the knee itself, is, the material is kind of loose around my knee. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I need to know the actual science behind why they do. Because, I mean, I notice a significant difference. Like, if I do a squat and I feel a little knee pain and I put those on, I can eliminate like 60 to 70% of yeah. it just by throwing it on. But I wonder if it's just heat. Because, you know, Dante talks about training. You know, people train in shorts and people train in tank tops and stuff. Dante says when he trains legs, he wears like long johns and then joggers over top of them. Yeah. Because he feels like the more warm your body is, the better it works. Maybe. I mean, I, 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 own, I don't even know if I've ever worn shorts in my life. Like, I literally don't even own shorts. <laughs> I only wear pants. Maybe that's to hide my tiny cast that everyone's been chirping me from. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm just a pants guy. Like, I always wear pants, and I always will wear, like, you know, a long sleeve or a sweater before, and then, you know, if I get really hot, then I'll take it off. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not like a shorts and a stringer kind of guy by any stretch. I wonder if it's just this. Uh, I wonder if I have the wrong knee sleeves and they should be tighter around my knees. Or Mine are so tight that it's like, it's a fucking like I, I some days I don't want to put them on because I know how much exertion it is just to get them on. Oh, I'm not like that. I think I, I think mine are too loose. Maybe I'm gonna Google this. Why do what size? No, don't Google it. We're on, we're supposed to be the experts, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, wait a minute. What size do you use? Maybe that's I have, right. I have the two XL SBDs. Oh, I don't. I don't even think I have the two XL. I have Iron Rebels. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into those. I'm gonna look into those because you know what I think. This I'm not, I don't really think I'm getting the compression I should be getting. Yeah. See, yeah. I have really like, I have very like tubular quads, you know, like the, my lower quad is like almost the same size as my upper quad. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. They're just for straight me to get them on. It's like really tight. It just yeah. says providing valuable compression. Knee sleeves increase blood flow and reduce pain. Yeah. Uh, you'll notice your knee sleeves are able to warm up quicker. will stay warm throughout your workout. Knee yeah. sleeves are uh, beneficial. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay. So by reducing swelling and minimizing pain. Yeah. Okay, so knee wraps, why have you only worn them once? Are you scared of them? You don't think they work? You think they're... No, I mean, they work good. I mean, they're just a fucking pain in the ass to wrap up. And, like, I just, yeah. it's just, like, work, man. Like, I ain't trying to do that. Like, I like knee wraps. I yeah. feel like... I feel the time like... I wore them, they were great. I mean, it's actually a funny story. I wore... This would have been 2013. Um, and it was, like, the first time I, like, wanted to get, like, a really good, like, video for you, uh, Instagram. Yeah. This was, like, you know, Instagram was, like, a year old. Yeah. Uh, and I put on, I think at the time I was young, I put on four plates and I wanted to get 15 reps with four plates, but doing that many reps with knee wraps on was yeah. like, it was a weird thing, man. I, I went to the hospital after this cause I wore the knee wraps and yeah. I had like someone who was like a, a pro power lifter. Oh, no. oh, so they fuck. were so tight. I couldn't even stand, yeah. but they worked really well. And yeah. then when I took them off, like when they undid it, I don't know if it was like some kind of like force of blood, but the second I took it off, all the vasculature, my feet and everything just went like, Holy yeah. fuck. Do you remember that, babe? Yeah, it was fucking weird, man. I thought I had like a, like a, a like a DVT or something, you know, yeah, like a, yeah. like a clot or something. I didn't know what yeah. it was. Yeah. So I went to the hospital and got checked out because my foot, it literally my foot and ankle within like five to 10 seconds of like the pressure being released from the knee and the blood coming back, my foot literally just went like poof, exploded. Like, so wow. weird. Yeah. So I was like, I fuck, this can't be good. I feel like you have to be careful with the powerlifter guys because I laugh when I see people put their knee wraps on and then they're just walking around the gym. Yeah. I'm like, you're kind of defeating the purpose. Cause yeah, this was so tight. Like I was getting like a good hundred pounds of tension. Out yeah. of this. <laughs> I was squatting three plates, not four. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, I wear knee wraps. I don't, I know people get, it gets tricky because some people are like, don't wrap over the kneecap. And some people are like, it's okay to wrap over the kneecap. I always wrap over the kneecap. I've never thought it was a problem. I don't know yeah, if it is or not. Tracking issue or something. I'm not sure. But yeah. Um, would you consider a mind muscle connect mind muscle mind connection, a progress that takes years? 
Yes. For some muscles, not all. I remember when I, start, people, I mean, it's, when I started, I could get a chest pump, like that burn in my chest. I could get it from day one. Yeah. I could just feel it. Yeah. Uh, I, think, but, I think the thing that takes most people mo- most time to develop is a, is back connection. Yeah. Like proper 100%. elbow drive and, and getting a good connection with their back, I think is probably the most difficult. Yeah. Um, I think that takes the, the most time, you know? Yeah. And hamstrings too. And hamstrings. Yeah. yeah. Especially doing like something like an RDL or something. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you're doing a seated hamstring curl, you're probably going to feel your hamstrings, but doing like more, you know, like a hyperextension or like a glute ham raise or an RDL, it's probably going to be a little more even, difficult. Even the lying leg curls, because most people, if you watch them at the start, they, they, lift, they, their they lift their ass and they yeah. can't feel shit. So, no. um, which prep did you eat the worst after? Probably my first. Yeah, mine was my first, yeah. Yeah, because you don't know what to expect. So when you go through the prep, you're like, you think it's the end of the world and then you eat everything in sight afterwards. Yeah. 2010 Ottawa's I went on a floor. I did, I ate nothing but Burger King McDonald's for five meals a day for like, I remember you told me that. That's awesome. I got, I got gout. My like feet and ankles like swelled up and I got gout and I couldn't stand. And I worked at Popeye's at the time. So I had to work like standing up and walking around. I couldn't even stand at my job because my feet were so swollen. That was bad. I learned learned from 205 to 240 in like four or five days. I turned into a pregnant woman for a week. I was eating like, I would honestly, it was so gross, dude. If you saw my coffee table, I would have a shrimp ring, you know, like those shrimp rings you buy with like the shrimp cocktail. (laughs) I would have like a shrimp ring. Then I would have like a block of cheese that was cut up into like. What the fuck are you eating shrimp rings? What a weird fucking thing to eat. I used to get them all the time. Me and my buddy would like, me and my friend were so fucked up after we, because he worked at a strip club and I worked at a strip club. Yeah, we'd finish work at the same time. I'd go pick him up, and we'd be like, and he was he was bodybuilding for wrestling, so he'd be like, let's get some food. So we'd go to the grocery store, and we'd get like hungry man dinners in the frozen fruit section, and we would get like shrimp rings for the protein. (laughs) And we would go back to his house at like three in the morning and and microwave our hungry man dinners like that was real food or something. What the fuck? And we would eat that and and eat shrimp rings. And I'm like, so. What a strange concoction. Dude, it's so weird. So I finished the show. I got a shrimp ring. I got a, a block of cheese and crackers. I got ice cream. I got Burger King. It was just a mash of like yeah. the weirdest, grossest shit all at once. I put on 50 pounds that week. Oof. 50. Yeah. I was like. I did 35, but not 50. Holy. It was the worst. I, have you found like as you got do you, I, I've gone the other way. Like as I got older, I got terrified to eat after shows. I can't I'm, like, I'm too scared. I have like carb phobia. Like I'm so scared to eat after shows. Like I want to have like one meal and then I want to get back on diet. Cause I'm afraid I'll like ruin everything and feel, I hate that when I, you start to feel like your hands and your feet. Once I start to feel that, I'm like, I fucked it all up. That's it. This is the end. I fucked it all up. You know, I, I don't get it anymore. That's the problem. <sighs> I can't stop eating. If you want the truth, I can't stop eating since, since I stopped prepping. I can't, I cannot stop fucking eating. And are you eating good food? No. <laughs> No, your own good food. No, I'm eating like one shit meal a day. Okay, so that's not terrible. Well, it's pretty terrible. I should be eating no shit shit meal, like an entire pizza. There has been those, yes, there has been. But but what I was trying to say is, like, as I got older, I don't get the rebound. Like, I never like my face is a little puffy, but not like before. Like when I was 30 or 35, if I started to pick it out after a show. My eyes would close for fuck's sakes. I'd be yeah. so puffy. Like I'm, I'm almost 30. Like I turn 30 next yeah. month. So for me, like that's, I'm in that, obviously that stage where I still get the rebound. So I'm like, ter- I'm terrified of it. I wish I, I was know, terrified. No, like I hate that. Like post show too. And I have like fucking residual 
blotchy tan and I'm all fucking waterlogged. I'm like, I just fucking like, I just died it to look so awesome. And I look like a fucking patchy piece of shit. You know? I know. I know. It's I just feel so shitty about myself that I'm like, and then once you're like that far gone, you're just like, fuck it. So you want to keep eating. And then like, <laughs> you know, so like at that point, so now I just try and avoid, like I'll do the Sunday. Like if we do Saturday, I'll have a meal Saturday, maybe have like, you know, two or three meals, like a, maybe a breakfast and have a meal out on the Sunday. And then Monday I like get right back to it. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta catch it. I'm gonna catch it this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get control of my situation because I'm fucking. It's tough. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Special invites to compete at Olympia. We already covered. Does sleeping on your stomach cause distension? No. I mean, I only sleep on my stomach, and I'm known for having a good waistline. So. No, distension is not come because you sleep on your stomach. Distension is from hormones, from eating I mean, too much. If you thought of it the other way, wouldn't sleeping on your stomach almost like keep your stomach in tight because you're like putting, pre- it'd be like wearing a waist trainer to bed. It's like, you're putting pressure on your stomach. It's like keeping it in, you know, <laughs> wouldn't that work? So this is the thought. If you have a bad stomach, only sleep on your yeah, stomach. Only sleep on your, yeah, fuck up That's your back. <laughs> uh, let's see. Was working a four to 12 so I'd work out before work and eat all my meals at work. Now changed to nine to five. Would it be better to do cardio and abs before work? Then on my last break at three, should it be smaller meal before my workout? Then post a workout. This is crazy. I can't. This is this guy, This guy's asking me to plan his day out for him. Look, okay. if you're working a nine to five and you want it and like, and you have the time and you feel good in the morning, do your cardio before work, train after work, eat a good meal. Make sure you're fed for your workout going into your workout. And just do it like a normal person, man. It's not, don't overthink this shit. Uh, what do you guys do to negate the sides from PEDs and how often do you, or would you recommend getting blood work? I generally get blood work two times per year during my cruise, which is legit TRT protocol doctor prescribed, usually six to eight weeks post blast, which is never over a gram of gear. If you're not over a gram of gear total, I wouldn't worry too much. You're still pretty yeah. low. Yeah. If you're, if it's a gram of test and you have everything else, that's a different story. But um, I would say, what do we do to negate the sides? I would say not going on super long cycles, not overdoing too much of anything. Yeah, not going crazy with the orals. I think, can I, can I say something? One, one major factor, regardless of anything else we say, what the most major factor I've learned is blood pressure. I think you, are you, are you there? Say that again. Sorry. The FedEx came to my door. So I'm muted because oh. the dogs start barking. Uh, blood pressure. I think blood pressure is the main culprit in like all our, all our issues. Yes. And I think a lot of people are very like negligent to keeping an eye on their blood pressure. And then it's like before it's, and it's too late all of a sudden, then they've caused issues to their yeah. kidneys and stuff like that. So I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Just keep an eye on your blood pressure. And if it starts to get wonky, make sure you get it under control before it's too late. That's definitely the biggest thing. Well, the reason, the reason I relate that is uh, if you're on way too much gear, you're not going to be able to control your blood pressure. It's going to be pretty hard to control your blood pressure. So if you see your blood pressure getting too high and you're not on any type of blood pressure medication, that would be the first step. But the second step is also try taking less gear yeah. so that your body can regulate itself. Yeah. All right. Um. And honestly, this is one thing I know you had this, you had the, the steroid guy on here one time, a long time ago. I can't remember what his name is. Um, but this is something that I've done for years and I really believe in it in terms of mitigating side effects, not obviously to the extent of side effects we're talking about like heart and 
you know, health stuff like that, but you know, from, you know, an estradiol standpoint of rheumatization, you know, overall health stuff like that is just shot frequency and consistency. Yeah. I remember you said that. Yeah. This is a thing that I've done. Like I do all my gear. I shoot in tiny little bits every single day, no matter what it is. Like, and if, you know, if Patrick sends me and it's like shoot every other day, I just divide it in half and I shoot it every day. This is just something I've always done. You know what? I'm going to try that because yeah. not now, but like when I do go back on, because I will hopefully one day, I hope I don't, I don't have to go off forever. In the off season, doing like a moderate off season cycle. If I do my shots every day, I can keep it so that I don't need an AI and basing it off blood work. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I do it, if I do my shots twice a week and bolus doses like that, then I'll, my, my, my aromatization levels will be much more high. And I do need to put in an AI, which is obviously then going to have an effect on your lipids and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so if I just do, you know, say you're doing a gram of test, you divide that by seven, do a little bit every day. Um, I, I can mitigate a ton of side effects that way I find. Yeah. That's not a bad idea because, uh, Dean, Dr. Dean, uh, St. I think it's St. Martin I had on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a biochemist and he was saying that even if the ester is two weeks long, like on, say a Trump and a uh, Trump on a test and anthate, um, you still get spikes. Yep. Like if, if you do like Monday, Thursday or something like that. I have something like test yeah. EQ, I'm still shoot every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. like right now I'm doing test EQ MPP and I just do it in tiny little bits every day. Yeah. I want to try that when I go back after this detox period I'm on, I want to try that when I go back and see if it helps regulate my blood work a little bit. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you rather be an extra in a really good movie or have a big part in a really bad movie? Hmm. I mean, how much am I getting paid for each one? I guess <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be a fucking extra. Nobody cares about extras. Yeah, no, you want the big part for sure. Because at least you. But can, you like, also don't want to be in a really shit movie. Yeah, because Mo, that's fucking funny though. If you're in a shit movie, like you and your buddies can watch that and have like a good fucking laugh. Like that's funny. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like yo, if you were like the main in like Sharknado, that's fucking hilarious. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's, it's a good. You show your kids in twenty years, and you fucking die laughing. That's it's hilarious. a good. It's a good story. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, best workout split if you work five or six days a week. This is a best workout split question. I love these questions. Just fucking figure it out. Like, oh, wait, if you're working five or six days a week, so does that mean you're only training two days a week, or can you still train on the days that you're working? Because if you can, then it's irrelevant. If you can still train seven days a week, it's not what. Then why is your work relevant in this question? I don't think it can't be relevant because if he's asking us if he can train two days a week, I don't have an answer for you. I mean, if you can only train two days a week, do upper body, lower body, the end, you know? <laughs> I mean, or full body twice a week. I mean, you shouldn't do this together because we're both angry and people aren't going to get anything out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. If you only train twice a week, do full body twice no, it's a not, week. No, it's not asked properly, so we can't answer that. Let's move on. We can't, there's not enough detail. Like, I need to know if he's asking, like, I can only train twice a week or do I work out after work? Like, I don't know what he's asking. Um, and you feel the best. If you feel great at 5am before work, train at 5am before work. If you feel good at 7pm after work, train at 7pm after work. There's like, there's no fucking fancy scientific answer. You're going to get pro bodybuilders that train first thing in the morning at 4am, the Brad Rose of the world. And you're going to get guys like me who like to train later in the day with more food. There's no answer. There's guys that have done both and been successful. Do what you like. What do you think about training on an empty stomach? I almost did it today. I've, I've never done it in my entire life. I did for a little while last, not last year. Was it last year when I was prepping? No, I think it was, I think, I think it was 2018. I was prepping uh, for Toronto. I think I took all of 2018 off, but I was getting ready kind of for a show. And I remember for like a couple of weeks, I was training fasted in the morning 
And I was, I felt really, really good. But you have aminos? You like drank aminos or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I did amino. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't completely fasted. You're right. I did amino. No, I'm not trying to dispute the fastedness. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had pre-workout, and I remember have, having uh, an intra-workout. I think it had carbs in it too. Okay. Um, but I didn't have a meal, mm-hmm. and I felt great. Yeah. But I also don't, you know, you can feel good and still not be doing your body the service it needs, right? Yeah, right? So yeah. how do you feel about, like, if a client came to you and said, hey, Ian, I want to train fasted, and his goal was to put on as much muscle as he could, what would you, would you say no? Um, I mean, it would obviously have to be more conversation than that. I mean, if this is just them saying it because, like, they prefer it, uh, but, but just- they but they can absolutely have no conflict of schedule training later in the day. I would probably suggest them to train later. If it was a male bodybuilder, I'd probably suggest it. Um, if they weren't, and it's just, you know, if it's someone that's just like not super competitive and they feel good that, that training early, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends. I mean, Melissa, yeah. Melissa, you did it for a long time. Train fasted. Isn't that amazing? See, I'm in Melissa's camp. I want to eat a shitload before I go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> training fast. You, you felt good training fast. Yeah. She she did it more from the yeah. But you you were doing it because you didn't want to put on muscle, so you started training fasted. She was like scared of getting big, so she trained fasted. So that kind of looks like you know if you're trying to put on muscle, maybe don't do it. You know. But that's kind of to be honest with you, that's kind of where I'm at because I'm like maybe I need to downsize a little bit. Maybe it's good for me. Yeah. I mean, first thing in the morning, your blood sugar is going to be the highest. You get in the gym, burn off some blood sugar. I mean, fucking great, whatever. Wouldn't you know? your blood sugar be the lowest in the morning? No, it's usually highest first thing in the morning, isn't it? No, lowest. Why what would it be I... the high? Why would your blood sugar be high in the morning if you haven't eaten yet? Oh, sorry. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah I don't know. It'd be lowest. Yeah. Um, I also train a lot better when I'm like not full. Yeah. Like even when I'm eating, my my smallest meal of the day is my pre workout meal. Yeah, yeah. I don't like going to the like. I see people at the gym. I saw one kid the other day, he was on a shoulder, he's doing military press. He'd do a set and he's eating a bar in between. Really? And I'm like, what do you, you can't eat when you're training. Like that's no, not how it works. You need the, the blood, you're going to have a bunch of food in your stomach and the blood's going to be in all your extremities trying to, you know, yeah. feed them blood and, and nutrients. And you're just going to have this weight sitting near your stomach. And it's not maybe really he, he took intra workout nutrition to another level. He's like, yeah. <laughs> eat a fucking meal, you know? <laughs> all right, let's do a couple more. We'll wrap up. Uh, is it more beneficial to start your first cycle after reaching peak bulk up to gain as much natural muscle as possible? Cause it's hard to lose natural built muscle and when muscle gained on a cycle, can we just dispute this right now? It's yeah. not, it's not easier to lose natural no. built muscle than it is to build, to lose enhanced built muscle. It's just the farther away from homeostasis you are, the easier that muscle is to lose. No, I think the confusion for most, I get, I want to say normal people that don't know the sport that well, I guess, maybe, uh, without offending anybody. When you're on a cycle and you lose a bunch of weight, that's not muscle you're losing. That's water and glycogen. Yeah. So if I do a cycle, if I'm 200, if I'm, if I'm 200 pounds and I do a cycle and I get up to 225. You didn't necessarily get 25 pounds of muscle. You didn't gain 25 pounds of muscle. And then if I lose 20 pounds of it and I got shredded and now I'm 205, that's probably the muscle you gained. Yeah, you gained five pounds. It's still you gained which is crazy because you probably will yeah. never gain five pounds in one cycle. But if you did like, so what I'm trying to say is muscle built is muscle built. It doesn't matter if you built it with steroids or you built it with. And this is what I said at the beginning too. Like it, you also, you have to look at it relative to the size of someone. Cause when you're 300 pounds, 
like you're, you're so far away from what your body's naturally able to maintain that it has nothing to do with the performance dancing drugs. You're just so far from homeostasis. Your body's yeah. going to be more apt to get rid of that tissue easier. Yeah. Um, versus if you're like 205, you could probably hold on to it easier naturally because, you know, there's not your body is closest to its homeostasis, right? So to put homeostasis in layman's terms, you're saying it's like your natural, like, yeah, yeah, your natural body weight where your body's comfortable. So if my body, if like for me, I think my body is comfortable around 240. That's where, that's probably where I would have been if I just worked out and never took steroids and never ate like to force growth. I would have been like around 240 pounds, not on stage, like just 240, you know, walking around. Yeah. So when I get up to 300 pounds, my body wants to come back to 240. And that's kind of what you're trying to explain, right? Like that's, yeah. so you're always fighting it. So what Ian's the trying to say. The you are away from that number, yeah. the harder it's going to be. Yeah. And that same thing works in reverse too. If your body is comfortable at 230 and you're shredding down to 200, your body is going to want to always be hungry and always want to bring you back to that 230 number. Yeah. I mean, so, this is really, I remember Patrick saying this once too. I don't know if it was on your podcast or someone else's, but you know, saying like that once you get to a certain size, like the, the biggest limiting factor for any of these guys that are huge is just how much food they can eat. Yeah. That was on my podcast. We were talking about that. Against homeostasis so hard, you know, like to, your body wants to come down, you're eating so much, you eventually get to the limit where the only limiting factor is you can't eat anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a way, cause me and my brother have had this discussion cause he's like, you know, he's a little bit heavier set guy and he's like, he's always around 220. Mm -hmm. And I think his comfort, like the body weight he wants to be at is like 180. Mm -hmm. And he's dieted down. I've gotten him down on a diet to like 190, 185. But he, he crept back up. It took a couple of years, but he crept back up. And now he's like 220, 225 again. Yeah. And he's like, I think my body's just comfortable here. I'm like, yeah, it seems like it. Mm -hmm. Is, do you think there's a way for somebody in that situation where their genetics are probably like a little bit chubbier or whatever to change their homeostasis? Like if, if somebody was 225 comfortably, right? Yeah. Well, let's say they hung out at 190. They were really strict. They hung out at 190 for like a year. Do you yeah, think their the body... Longer, the longer you stay at a weight, the more it's going to become apt to be your homeostasis. I mean, yeah, it's, that's a tough question to answer. Yeah, but I mean, because I mean, look, when I'm, I was younger, I was a very naturally skinny person. Like if I had never bodybuilded, my homeostasis might've been 160 pounds. Now I've put on this tissue even if I just stopped eating completely for a while, I'd never probably get back down to 160. So I've obviously changed that number. Okay, but wait a minute. There's, a, there's one factor that's different because I agree with you mm -hmm. because I'm the same way. Like my body now, after doing so many off seasons, like I don't feel like uncomfortable at 280. I'm like, yeah, I'm 280. This is like normal. Like when, I'm, when I'm in contest shape at 250, I feel like I could go run a marathon. Yeah, I yeah. Like big, you know? I feel amazing, yeah. But I feel like that's different because you're adding muscle tissue. But in the reverse... I feel like it's different when you're taking away fat. Yeah. Can you take away fat for long enough that you, your body will change and be comfortable at that fat level? Or does it always want to go back to whatever percentage it's comfortable at? Like if you're, some people are comfortable at like my body's like comfortable at 10 to 12. Yeah. Like I'll never be a skinny guy. I'll always be a little bit chubby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So is there a way to change that? I guess is what I'm asking. If you know the answer. I don't know the answer to be honest. Or your theory on it. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think if you were to, you know, be able to maintain that weight long enough that, you know, all the, you know, your insulin sensitivity and all these things kind of came down to like matches, so you're not fighting against hunger and stuff all the time, your body kind of regulated at that lighter weight. I think eventually it would become your homeostasis, you know? I wonder if your hormones, like, you know, your ghrelin hormone is your hormone that dictates yeah. your hunger, your I hunger. Yeah. I wonder if you're like ghrelin hormone and stuff like, and I'm probably talking way 
over my depth right now because I don't know all this, the, the physiology, physiology of it. But I wonder if you can change that hormone if you were skinny enough for long enough that you wouldn't be as hungry. I, I suspect so, yes. Yeah. I suspect after a long enough time being in there and it not being those hormones not being rewarded with food that eventually they would start to dwindle down, you know, yeah. they'd be like, okay, we're not needed here. Like, obviously we're surviving at this weight. We don't need more food to survive. We can settle down, you know? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, how do you control your protein farts? I don't, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> Melissa's laughing. <laughs> I've been getting them really bad the last couple of days. I don't know why I haven't changed anything in my food, which is weird. So I don't really know what it is. Um, I think what it is to be honest is I've been, when I've been having oats and stuff, because I, I never used to eat oats, like yeah. never. Yeah. I've been having it more lately. Um, and in my oats and stuff, I'll put some of that like uh, like uh, stevia. like it drops, uh, the stevia drops. drops. Like, like butterscotch fucking flavored drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That after I have those, like the meals with more sweetener stuff in it is when I get the fartiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but from protein necessarily, I mean, like I've eaten, I've done Dennis James like off seasons where I was eating like fucking 16 ounces of like raw or, yeah. or cooked meat every meal. Yeah. Yeah. And I was fine, but it's really just dependent on the protein sources. Like if you're going to consume it from like whey concentrate, well, you're in for a fucking party. Um, <laughs> if you're doing it from white fish, you're probably going to be fine. You know, I, I agree. I agree. Cause I, it's funny. People say, important. people say that about egg whites all the time. I've done diets where I was like, I had four egg white meals a day. Didn't affect me at all. I mean, Hunter Labrador literally like drinks every single meal he eats, you know, egg whites, egg whites? Minute, he'll blend up chicken, he'll egg whites, just drink everything. Yeah. Oh, he does the blended chicken shit? Oh, yeah, man. All the time. He, like, blends a shit ton of his meals. He's that guy. Yeah. I've only known a couple guys to do that. I've always wanted to try the blended chicken. Yeah, have he, does it, it? he does it a lot, yeah. Have you ever tried it? No. I, I, I've drank raw egg whites, obviously, a million times, uh, but I've never blended There's a chicken. difference between the blended chicken, though. It's, like, another level up. No, I've never done that. I think I'm going to try it. But, I mean, he's clearly not having extreme digestive distress from, you know, drinking all this liquid stuff. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the, I don't know if the protein itself makes you fart. I know they call it protein, but I don't. I think it's other stuff added to it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's take one more. And I, I think usually when people say protein fart, I think it's usually from protein powder, and that's where you yeah. get back to the, like the concentrates and the lower grade proteins. Um, yeah, or like people are drinking like fucking shit tons of quick mass or like you know yeah. with you know seventy grams of protein in it that fifty of is like you know, milk concentrate protein and like, you know, yeah. or bars, bars, bars are the worst. Yeah. Or bars. It's, yeah, usually, exactly. it's usually sorbitol and all the, yeah. the sweeteners, like you're saying, all the yeah. sugar, sugar alcohols. Yeah. Like uh, sweet potatoes do that to me. You know, sweet potatoes naturally have sugar alcohols in them. Yeah. yeah. So sugar alcohols just fuck me right up. Can't yeah. do it. Um, okay. One more. Do you think, nope. Um, what's it like? I, I I like to add to find out what you think of this, Ian. What's it like seeing yourself on a Machiavelli motivation video, knowing <laughs> you're firing everyone up that watches to go train? That's a hard question to answer. I mean, it's it when obviously is a good feeling. I mean, yeah. it just becomes like it's a very natural progression in bodybuilding. These kind of things. It'll be like you know, your following slowly grows. And more people get motivated by you and more people comment on your pictures and more people use you for motivational videos. So it's not just like one day you wake up with half a million followers and you're on every Machiavelli video, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's just like 
asking like, how does it feel to be 300 pounds? It's like, well, I didn't just wake up from 160 to 300 one day. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. it was a very slow progression of gaining that muscle. So it's always just felt like my normal. Um, that's so a good, know. that's a good point. If you talk to, you know, I've heard like, I watched Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. And I've heard him talk to other celebrities that he's had on about, and I've heard others, other people talk about this, but how there's no one event. Cause people no. want to know like, how do you know when you made it? Yeah. And it's like, there's no one event where you made it. Yeah. It's like a whole, a series of, a, yeah. Yeah. It's like a series of small events. Yeah. And then it's almost like you wake up one day and you're like, I made it, but you didn't realize it the whole time you were making it. Yeah. You ever get that? Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, it's always, it's ever changing and evolving because like, even now it's like to 90% of people that are lesser bodybuilders than me, I've made it. But to me, I haven't, you mm -hmm. know? So like, to me, I'm like, I'm still sh shit, you know, yeah, like I still yeah. haven't done anything. I haven't placed top 10 in Olympia yet. I haven't fucking placed top five. I've only, you know, I haven't been in a top three in Arnold. Like I haven't done anything really significant. Like sure. I won New York, but I mean like, you know, in the grand scheme of like being remembered as like a legacy in bodybuilding, I haven't done anything yet. But um, do you think, but do you think it's funny what I, cause I, I did a, I did a, not an Insta story, whatever it is. I don't know. It wasn't Instagram live. I don't remember. I, I don't even know what the fuck it's called now. IGTV. I did an IGTV about this. Um, I think it's funny that there's never an ending. Yeah. There's never an ending. Because even if you even if you took third at the Arnold's or first at the Arnold's or first at the Olympia, I mean, look, after the Olympia, there's look at Jay. There's still shit. You know, now he's got a company. Chris won the fucking Olympia and it's still there's still more shit. You yeah. Know? There's still more shit. Now now Jay's like trying to build his company and then he's yeah. probably got other endeavors he's trying to grow. Yeah. So it's like there's I don't think there's ever but I also know. If, I also wonder if that's a fault. Like, does do you think Jay looks back and goes, "I made it," or do you think he's like, "I got a lot more to do"? I mean, I think for each person, that's going to be an individual answer. I think some people are going to have that intrinsic feeling that they did make it, and I think for some others, they won't. It's always going to be chasing that that feeling. Um, you know, I I know for myself, I'm always going to be one of those people that feels like I'm chasing the feeling of like wanting more, wanting more. You know, yeah. and even if I did you know, won the Arnold, it would still like never be enough kind of thing, which I think in that aspect is a fault. That's um, what I was going to ask you. Do you think all of it's yeah. a fault? Because I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not bodybuilding it, but I got to, like, I'll give you an example. Yesterday we were doing the podcast with Seth and James and my fucking camera died because for some reason the fucking connection was all fucked up. Yeah. I was pissed the whole day about it. Yeah. Because this shit, Matt, like now this, 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 this is your thing. This is the thing now, right? Like it was bodybuilding. Now it's this. And I'm like, I'm, I put the same stock in it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, but I wonder if it's a fault because is there ever a period where you just sit back and go, I'm good. Like, I'm happy. I'm all right. Like that's, I don't know. Cause it comes down to that, like old, like saying of like the comfort and like complacency thing being like a huge you know, detriment as well. So, I mean, I, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know the answer to that, to be honest. Do you think there'll come a time where you look at your bodybuilding career? Because it's weird. It's almost like you can feel good about some things, but not everything. Because if I look back at my bodybuilding career, I'm, even though I wasn't like a top tier guy, I'm satisfied with what I did. Because mm -hmm. like when I started, my goal was just to win a show. Like that was it. And I, yeah. probably, I probably set the bar too low for myself. I probably should have set it higher. But my ultimate goal was just to win a bodybuilding, like just to win an IFBB show. Yeah. So when I look back, I'm like, well, I achieved everything I wanted to. I made a career out of it, blah, 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 blah. So I'm okay with it, even though I'm not okay with everything else. Yeah. Is that, is, that's probably the healthier way to go about it. 
I, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, being at some level of peace with it, I think is the, ha- the healthiest way. Yeah. Do you think you'll, do you think you'll get there? Or are you the kind of person that's always going to be like, I could have done more? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really tough to say. I mean, like, yeah, you know, because you, but it, it really comes down to that. I mean, you, you accomplish the goals that you set out for yourself, whether you set, think you set them too low or not. If I say I retire and never accomplish the goals I set out for myself, yeah, maybe I'll feel that way. Yeah. You know, if I accomplish the goals that I've set out for myself, then, you know, maybe, you know, I'll feel somewhat at peace with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but I mean, like, you know, you've obviously, you know, coming to the twilight of your competitive career and like, you know, moving into something else to put that, that energy into, mm. um, you know, I think it's given you a good transition to into it. I think a lot of guys have a lot of issues when they go from like their competitive career, just to nothing, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where you get the hardest transition. Uh, and you get a lot of guys feeling lost and guys feeling regret and guys feeling they never did enough. And you get guys like making comebacks five years later that suck. And, uh, you know, injuring their putting, you know, doing their health, you know, a, a disservice to their health and stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think the way that you've gone about it is definitely one of the, the healthier ways, you know, being content with what you accomplished, um, you know, and the goals that you had were sufficient to you and then transitioning into something that's still within the realm of something you're passionate about, um, you know, and coming at it from a, from a different spin, but still like providing, you know, something to the bodybuilding community. Right. Do you think it's wrong to, do you think it was wrong to set the bar low? Like, when, I mean, well, like, what, like, term, like, what, because, like but, wait a minute, wait a minute. Term. See, this is the thing though. You're saying low now because you've accomplished it and it's done. It didn't seem that big to you. But when you were just starting bodybuilding, winning a pro show was a big deal. Yeah. You know, like when I started bodybuilding, when I did Tampa or uh, Orlando with you at the beginning, if I knew I win two shows by now, I mean, that would have been a huge deal to me, but now I've done it. It feels like I've fucking done nothing, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, like it's, it's always like I said at the beginning, it's always ever changing, but, uh, but having to flow to it, that's always going to change. You know? But let me, let me rephrase. Cause I'll tell you what, where I made an error. So when you started bodybuilding, did you ever have an ultimate goal or were you just like, I'm going to, I'm going to make goals as I go. Cause my ultimate goal when I started was just win a show. I want to win an IFBB show. Yeah, I'll be completely honest. I just never had any. I just liked what I was doing and I just kept doing it. No, I know. But did did you ever reach? Okay, let me rephrase because I didn't have that goal when I started. When I started, I was like, I just want to win a show. Then I was like, I want to turn pro. When I turned pro, I was like, I just want to win a show. Yeah. And maybe because it took so long, that became the ultimate goal. I don't know. But that's where my goals stopped. So what I'm asking. Let me ask you, what if you'd set that goal going into it is I want to be, you know, I want to win the Arnold and now you've retired. You have not won the Arnold. How do you feel? No, no, no. And that's kind of the point I'm getting to is I I would feel upset, but there's the flip side of that is this. Um, What I'm trying to say is like, I, I, I set a bar that I don't think was high enough. And when I achieved it, finally, I kind of lost a step, I think. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, imagine you said to yourself, the highest, goal, the highest bar to set is I want to win the Olympia, mm-hmm. right? Let's say you said to yourself, I just want to win an Arnold, mm-hmm. right? And it took you 10 years to do it. By, by the time you're 35, you win the Arnold. Do you lose a spark or are you like, okay, now I want to win the Olympia? Like, does it drive you further or now are you like, I got, I did what I, because I feel like that's the fault I, I made was, you accomplished it and then lost the spark because you like, I've done everything I set out to do. I mean, I, I still obviously love bodybuilding as much as I did, but yeah. as far as competitive bodybuilding, I'm like, I kind of did what I wanted to do already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, a t- it's tough to answer that question, really. I mean, you know, because I, I look at it like, 
from someone like Chris and, you know, obviously you have these goals and he won the Olympia so young and it's like, what now? Yeah. You know, yeah. He's 25 years old. He's accomplished everything he can accomplish in the sport. Yeah. You know, like does, the, and I, I've had this conversation with him. It's like, does it, is it kind of underwhelming, you know, like yeah. you want it and then it's, that's it. Yeah, Whatever just, you, you know, now will never be better than what you've already accomplished, you know? That's what I just, you know what? It's crazy you said that. You have the best example of what I'm trying to talk about. The guy's 25. He's already reached the height of... That's it. The height of popularity, the height of winning, the height of... From a competitive standpoint, it's only down from here. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, look, you can win multiple Olympians, yes, but yeah. you're still just an Olympia champion. You know? One well, Olympia, whatever. You know, you could say that winning seven is better than one, sure. But, I mean, yeah. you're only an Olympia champion one time, and that's you have that title. Do you think Chris has second? It's a decline now. He can't go up. You know. Do you think if if you had to guess, if you and I don't want to say anything negative, but do you think Chris in his mind has lost a step because he already achieved all that? Um, no, I think this. I think this year, especially because it's the second year. Um, I mean, he almost has, has like a Brandon complex where you know there was a lot of people that obviously it was a great fifty-fifty split. And a lot of people oh. got Brandon got robbed. Um, you know, I think that Christian won because his back is as good as Brayon's and blah, 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 blah. So I think from him, he has that almost bone to pick where he wants to come back and just fucking obliterate everyone, yeah. um, you know, and be like at a real, you know, as close to his best 100% as he can uh, and silence those people. Now, yeah. if he wins this year again and then that conversation is done, maybe that'll be a conversation to be had. I don't really know. I mean, Melissa in the back there said no right away that she doesn't think that he's lost, um, you know, any gusto towards it. Yeah. Um, which, which I would agree with. Cause I, I think this year I can see his motivation levels probably at an all time high, not, it hasn't faltered in any step. Um, no. and I, and I, I know for a fact, you know, if anything goes, goes properly from a health standpoint, he will be significantly better than last year. Yeah. Um, can he I look fucking ridiculous right now? I think the difference is there has been no lag in his progression. So no, been very if if you look at mine, I think the reason why I lost a step is because it took me like I turned pro in 2006. Yeah. I didn't win a show until 2015. 15, yeah. Like I had a lot of good second, third places or whatever, but like I, it took me 10 years to finally get like almost 10 years to finally get that win. Yeah. So I think I, I by that point, the progression had slowed to a point where I was like, I'm good. Like I got what I got. I got what I want out of it. Plus you also look ahead. Like I, I, I'm a very honest, like, I'm like you that way. Like, I'm very honest yeah. about my placings. Yeah. I'm like, am I ever going to win an Arnold? I'm like, yeah, yeah probably not, you yeah. know? So I'm like, you, you start to, I think that's when I started to plan the exit strategy because I'm like, there's not really a higher bar for me from here. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, see, like, yeah, I look at it this way. Like, if I accomplished my, you know, see, like, for me, say, if my goal is, like, you know, one day I want to get a top six in Olympia, okay? Yeah. If I get a top six and then I win that, would I all of a sudden set my goal to winning an Olympia and then blah, blah, blah? No. I would be content with my top six and I could probably retire and be relatively content with that. Um, I don't think it would, it would morph into a goal that I think is then unrealistic for myself. I think Wait in that view, I am realistic. Okay, but I have a caveat to that. Sure. What if this year – because that's what I mean about the progression taking too long. this year I come sixth? Yeah, like what if this year you were sixth? I think it would actually do the opposite. I think it would actually fire you up to keep I think going. It would fire me up, yes. But I think if it took you five years to do it, then it might be a different story. You know what I mean? Like I think the progression of time is what changes the. Yeah, it depends. I mean, it. It, it depends if you go back down. Yeah. 
She says it depends if you go back down, if you have like dips in between there. What if you don't? What if, I know this is all hypothetical. We're just playing yeah. a game, but like you're 30 now, right? 29, 30, yeah. Okay, so 29. So let's say age 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, you take eighth place at the Olympia every year. Mm-hmm. And then at 36, you place fifth. Yeah. Are you like, I nailed my goal? Or are you like, oh, fuck, now I got to keep going. <laughs> now I got to turn it up a notch and go the rest of the way, That's right? What I was say. It really depends on where my physique is. Because I could place fifth, but be worse than I was when I was placing eighth. Oh, I, I see. That, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you would say some of your best showings aren't necessarily your wins, you know? No. Yeah, no. Um, and, and same for me. I mean, I don't think New York was necessarily my best. And I don't think Spain was necessarily my best. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's relative to the lineup and the year and the, the people you're competing against. Um, so, I mean, look, if the year I come fifth, I'm still progressing in my physique, then yeah, I would definitely alter my goals. If I think I've like, you know, I wasn't as good as I've been and I just got, you know, a good lineup and I snuck in a good group there. My conditioning was yeah. good one year, but my physique as a whole maybe declined. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, I don't, I don't think I would reassess. Um, but if, I, if I thought I was still on the, up, on the up and up with my physique, then yeah, I would reassess. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for all the hypotheticals. I just, I like to get oh, into that was the, good. Yeah. I like to get into the, I don't know. The mindset matters to me more than anything about all this shit. Like, cause yeah. I think, I don't think people realize how much the mindset plays a part in everything else. So yeah. anyway, well, on that topic, you want to have the conversation about Keon? Well, what happened with Keon? Oh, not Drunk Danny. Yeah. yeah. I actually wanted to, me- I don't know Keon well enough, but I wanted to message him and tell him he's making a mistake. Yeah. I, I just, I've, t- I've said this to numerous people on this podcast the only mistake I made was not doing all the Olympias I qualified for. Yeah. And I know what he said. He said it. And the, the craziest thing was in his fucking video. He says, I'm still young. It doesn't matter. There's going to be lots of Olympias. And there probably will be. Because he's, a, cause he's a, And he's already been to the Olympias. So. Yeah. And he's already been to the Olympia. He's a phenomenal bodybuilder. So he knows what it feels like and all that. But I really feel like, and maybe this is just my own personal uh, accomplishment thing. But like. I really feel like there's a, uh, a pride in saying I did the Olympia 10 times, even if you were, even if you were 10th place every time, yeah, I agree. just saying I did the Olympia 10 times is like, gives you a new, like a, a respect, a new credibility. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah, it's I, tough. I, mean, I, I really don't know. Like this would obviously be the conversation we need to get like more of the backstory of why he actually decided not to do it. I mean, yeah. you know, so you're saying personal issues. It's like, you know, you're fucking having a kid in two weeks or your fucking mom's dying or like, you know, something really serious. But if it's just like, Hey, I'm burnt out mentally and I don't think I'll be at my best. I don't agree with that decision. But Uh, I, I've been there too though. And I've tried to force shows. Like there was one Arnold I tried to force when I knew I shouldn't have done it. Melissa did this 2019 came dead last. Yeah. So that's also like from a fan's perspective, you're like, Oh, you're an idiot. You should do it. But from a competitor's perspective, I'm like, I've tried to force shows before and it doesn't work well. I understand. I, I, and it's, I wouldn't have understood that until I saw Melissa go through it. Um, and even going into that Arnold, I told her not to do the Arnold. I didn't think it was a good decision. Um, she had done like five shows in 2019 or 2018. She'd done the Olympia and then we got married right in November there. And then she basically went from like that ma- getting married in five shows right into just prepping for the Arnold again. She'd done yeah. like 365 days of prep. And I was like, look, I don't think this is a good idea. Just like chill. You know, there's going to be other Arnolds, um, you know, do, you know, Toronto or do something in the spring or, you know, try and maybe apply for Australia. Um, but she pu- pushed through that prep and obviously, I mean, you know, it didn't work out too great for her. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, obviously I don't, there is something to be said for pushing through preps like that. That isn't necessarily a good idea. 
Um, I guess, I guess that's a distinction I'll make is as a fan, as a fan, it's upsetting because you're like, just do the show, man. I want to see you compete. But as a bodybuilder and a competitor, I'm like, yeah, see, I've, but you're I've been there. Prep. He just competed. He's already in shape. It doesn't know? matter. You don't think it matters? Uh, honestly, I, I, three more weeks when you're already in shape. That's not that bad, you know? Honestly, man, it, it's really easy to be the person on the outside. Absolutely. Saying and just look, do I don't it. Know the circumstances, so yeah. I don't, I'm not like saying he should or shouldn't. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to say you know, not knowing all the details. And I mean, I, I, I like Keon. I trust that he made the decision that was best for him and his family and everything like yeah. that. So I, I don't really have an issue with it. Um, but like you said, I mean, this might be one of those things you really got to think to yourself when you retire in 15, 10 years, whatever, is this going to be something that you look back and be like, shit, I wish I'd done that. You know, there's something too to be said for showing up is not enough when you're Keon Pearson. Yeah. Because he's not just some fucking regular two twelve guy. Like this no, is he's a, expected to be in the mix. That he's well, he's expected to one day be the guy. Yeah. And I don't think it does him any service to show up at the show and be like fifty percent and everybody laugh at him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's got a he's got a reputation and a standard to uphold. So why, why would you be at fifty percent? Is this just because you're tired mentally and don't think you can push through it? It's like even if even if, I, the reasoning behind it for me. But you know what? Let's say that is the reason. I I, I think people are too judgmental and saying you know everybody's got their own strengths i agree so like let's say keon was perfectly honest and he came out and said look i don't have any family problems i don't have any health problems i'm just fucking tired yeah no i agree like i got i got a lot of flack too like and this came up in a conversation yesterday too like when i after tampa pre-judging when i was getting fucking lit up online i deleted my instagram for two hours yeah yeah when people could say like blah 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 blah, like you know just don't look at your phone or whatever but for me that was something i felt i needed to do um, you know, and maybe other people wouldn't have done it and don't agree with it, but that's for me was, I thought was the best decision. So, I mean, maybe for him, it's the same thing. I mean, people not, might not agree with it. And, but from his perspective, he's making the right decision for himself. And that's really what he feels he needs to do. Right. I think we all have uh, the one thing this podcast has taught me is we all think we're working hard, but some people are fucking made differently. Yeah. Right. Like if I, like, for example, if I was James, I wouldn't be competing. Yeah. I would be like, I just crushed that fucking show. Yeah. I, show, I showed everybody what I was made of. I proved exactly what I wanted to prove. I'm going to fucking rest. Or I'm going to get ready for the Olympia. I wouldn't be doing just another show for the sake of it. But that's James. I mean, he's, that's, he's that like driven and whatever. He's got that. So, I mean, Keon's just like, look, I'm 25 or whatever he is, 26. He's like, I don't care. I'm tired. I, I don't want to do it. And I'll do it when I'm ready to do it. And I don't think anybody, even if he doesn't even have a fucking reason, even just like, yeah. look, you know what? I feel like I want to have a good Christmas. And I don't want to worry about it. I can agree with that. It's his, it's his call. It's like, it's not anybody else's decision to say he's shit or he's I lazy. Mean, the only people that are, are upset are, like you said, are going to be fans. that just want to see him on stage. Um, you know, other than that, it's, I mean, it's, it's a personal decision that it's kind of is what it is. Right. I, I think, you know, I was really shocked when I had to pull out of the show um, for health reasons, but I think people should have the same. I was shocked at people's demeanor towards me. Because they were all very, very positive. Like everybody. Dude, there was like four people out of like 3,000 that were like, you're a fucking loser. You're lazy. Everybody else was like, but I had to, I had to have health issues before people were like that. I wish people were like that anyways. Like, like Keon should just be able to say, I'm tired. I need a break. And people could be like, I'll give 
the, the response to it is for him, I've been like seeing it online, is not completely negative. It is, there's a lot of people yeah. being like, yo, it's his life. He's making the right decision for himself. Like who fucking cares what the reason is? And yeah. that is a, a large majority. I don't think it is, is majority it? negative. I think it is a good mix. Um, you know, but I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough spot to be in for him for sure. I mean, especially when, you know, everyone after, you know, Chicago had, you know, wanted to see him there and thought he'd be up in the mix for a win, blah, 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 stuff like that. So I think it's just an up band disappointment thing that's really driving any negative comments, you know? You know, I think fans are so much better now. They have access to us every day. Yeah. Like back in the day, you would only get to see Keon on stage. So if he didn't compete, yeah. you're like, fuck, I don't get to see my favorite guy now and you'd be pissed off. Yeah. He's still going to be making videos every day and posts every day. So it's like, I think there's less maybe less anticipation for someone to compete because they still have connection. Yeah. I agree with that. So I don't know. I, th I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we good? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like uh, Melissa's making you a meal back there. So back here, yeah. <laughs> fuck man. When, I got to find a wife like that. <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy your food. We'll catch yeah, up next week. Okay, yeah. brother. Bye. Bye. -bye.